The Campbell Group has teamed up with PI Perspectives to offer listeners top-notch, affordable insurance solutions. Private investigators can get insurance for their business for as low as $305 per year. Apply now at PIPerspectivesInsurance.com and receive a quote back within 24 hours. Specializing in the research of liability for personal injury claims, Pacific Liability Research offers insurance assessments of all applicable liability coverages to help determine what a case is potentially worth. Have a case with no insurance policy? Since 2019, the highly trained staff on their insurance discovery team has located over 100 million plus in previously unknown insurance coverage. They offer a full refund for any inaccurate results and they do not charge for no-hit searches. Additionally, Investigators Toolbox members automatically receive 50% off their first case. Just mention Investigators Toolbox when you fill out your first order. More information can be found at PacificLiability.com. Contact them today and discover the immediate impact that Pacific Liability Research can provide. Do you enjoy our podcast and the guests we bring you? Since 2019, Matt and his team have done their very best to give you amazing shows each week. If you feel like our show has helped you to be a better investigator, or maybe even inspired you to become an investigator, please let us know. We're looking for testimonials. Drop Matt an email with a recorded 20 to 30 seconds of you talking about this podcast. You can also email him something verbal about the website. His email is S at SatellitePI.com. And if you really feel blessed for having this content, consider supporting Matt and our show by joining Investigators Toolbox. You really have to see version 2.0. And at just 49 cents a day, it's a no-brainer. Now let's jump in to this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Today we welcome Colorado PI, Ryan Johnston. Ryan has been in business for about 40 years and has a great perspective on the industry. The guys cover several topics including surveillance, state associations, and licensing. Let's jump in and join Ryan Johnston and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's edition of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Today we visit Colorado and uh, longtime private investigator Ryan Johnston is our guest. Ryan, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So great to have you on. You know, this is the first time we're actually interacting face to face. I know we've traded emails over the years. Colorado is just such a great state association, not large, but man, the people that are a part of it um, really, really have a passion for this industry. Tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into the business. I've been doing uh, investigations for about 40 years now. Actually, I'm on my 40th year. And I started working collection agencies as a teenager and got interested in the investigations end uh, of that business. And eventually actually took a one-day course from a private investigator that was coming through town um, said, so you want to be a private detective? And I took that course and it, it kind of piqued my interest. And I talked to my brother about it, who was a bartender in Denver at the time. And I said, you know, I'd really like to get into this profession. And he says, well, as luck would have it, um, there's a private investigator that comes into my bar all the time. Um, and I can introduce you to him. And he did. And it turns out it's Bob Helis, who I'm sure a lot of people know. 
Sure. He's the ED of uh, World Association of Detectives. Mm -hmm. And Bob uh, offered me a one-time gig of one week to go help another investigator. And that case actually fell through before we ever did it. And a couple right. months later, he called me and said, how would you like to work full-time? I said, absolutely. And Bob's company was surveillance oriented. And that's what I learned mm -hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Bobby was, Google him. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a legend, such a great guy. Um, I, I love Bob. I, I've actually uh, chatted with him about coming on to the show. You know, I was like, well, why have we waited so long to have you on? I've been doing this since the end of 2019. And uh, you know, the dude's always traveling. <laughs> he's always going yeah. to some country scouting for WAD. Uh, in fact, right now, I think he's in Chicago. He's in the U S uh, the, the uh, centennial uh, for WAD in, in 2025 is going to be in Chicago, which is like the first meeting WAD ever had was in Chicago. So it's, it's kind of neat. Um, nice. Yeah. He's on a fact finding mission. Um, I know uh, he had a, a fact finding mission in, in France in the French Riviera <laughs> last year. So uh, he gets to travel. He's a good dude. He, he was always that way when we were working for him too. Uh, he was always traveling to different countries and whatnot. I think at the time, well, I know at the time he was a member of WAD. He wasn't uh, in the position he is now, but he was always traveling. Yeah. What were some of the challenges when you started surveillance? I mean, you're, you're pretty much going in cold, right? Someone's training you how to do it. Um, and then obviously technology, I would guess, right? So what, what were some of the challenges when you first started doing it? Definitely technology. Um, you know, I was trained by Bob's right-hand man, John Karubis, and I, I still keep in touch with both of them. And uh, he trained me for three days on surveillance, and then here's a case on your own and go out and do it. It's uh, go buy a van at, at that time and go follow somebody around. And, you know, the biggest challenge at the time was you didn't have any communications with the office or so you couldn't get any guidance or anything like that. This is pre-cell phones. Um, we're talking 1984 here. Oh, the pager. Um, so the pager, you know, <laughs> if, if they have an emergency, they can page me, but then it's, well, can I make time to get to a payphone someplace? Yeah. You know, so um, that's, that's, was definitely a challenge. You just kind of learn on your own, you know, after three days of training, but you know, they did, they did a great job and and I enjoyed it. So I went in gung ho. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy uh, when, when you think about technology back then, like how big the cameras were and, and like, I did a bit of that stuff in the late nineties. And I remember putting a camera over my shoulder and dropping through <laughs> Manhattan. Like, yeah, this isn't conspicuous at all, right? Nobody's going to pick me out. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a story about that. It's actually up on our website that uh, I followed. Uh, this was back in the day when you had, had to carry the VCR and hook the camera into the VCR and carry the camera. I followed somebody up snow skiing one time up the lift with this camera and this VCR and, and followed them down the slope snow skiing. So it's You're making a documentary. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a Warren Miller film. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> uh, totally like it's not standing out or drawing attention at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. You look at where we've come nowadays and all the hidden cameras we have. It's, it's amazing. And, and it's, thankfully for all the hidden cameras we do have, yeah, yeah, it, it it definitely makes it a lot easier. I mean, I, I can remember when the technology started to change a little bit, right? You started getting your button cameras and your your pen cameras, and you know it's starting to get smaller and smaller. But the quality was was terrible, and was the button facing the up at any angle? It's like great, you have a great shot of the sky. Like who cares? Who knows what's going on? And you could never check it, right? You never knew if something. If the angle was off or anything like that. Now it's all Bluetooth to your phone. Okay, yeah, it looks good. 
Um, you know, it's 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 at the angle of the, the key fob, one of the best invention inventions ever. Um, you know, yeah. a great surveillance tool, right? We didn't have all that like stuff. You, like you said, you back then you go back to the office and just pray when you put that video and you pray that it came out good. You know, I actually did an article for Pursuit Mag, um, pursuitmag.com about technology from 1984 to present. Yeah. I think I did that about four or five years ago, and it's just amazing. I, you know, be thankful for what we have now. Sure. Yeah. How's another guy that I'd like to to uh, do a show with? You know, we we've we've contacted each other. We kind of played back and forth, but we never have scheduled anything yet. I I respect the heck out of Hal Humphreys. He's uh he's a great criminal investigator, and um, you know, pursuits a it's a great product that they have out there. Um, so Absolutely. yeah, along the way, you've been doing this long enough. Uh, I, I don't quite have forty years in there, but I'm I'm making my way. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, it, it's good. I'm sure you've uh, seen a thing or two. What, what was more one of the more unusual things that that uh, you've seen in your time? Oh, we've we've seen a lot of things. We had we had an insurance company one time ask us to go locate a vehicle. Now this this wasn't really high stress or anything like that, but they said uh, the claimant said that the vehicle crashed into a mine shaft up in the mountains outside of Denver near Bailey, Colorado, someplace. Go find it. That's all we had to go on. Wow. And we actually found the vehicle. It was in a mine shaft, not like you'd usually visualize, you know, horizontal. It was a vertical mine shaft. And they dropped it into there. I don't know how the people got out of the car and climbed out, yeah. but we found the vehicle in the mine shaft. And then to identify it, had somebody lower me down into the mine shaft so I could take a picture of the VIN yeah, and then <laughs> prove that to the to the insurance carrier. Yes, this is their vehicle and it is there. <laughs> So where did you get the VIN number off the door, the windshield, <laughs> the windshield went down to the front of it and took it off of the windshield. Uh, it, it was one of those things. And my biggest fear was at the time I just bought a brand new thousand dollar Sony camera. And I was like, don't drop it into the mine shaft. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. You know? So yeah, we've had some interesting ones. Absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah, we, we we've all got stories. I, I mean, what always fascinates me too, is the difference between doing surveillance in like a, a major metropolitan area and then doing surveillance out in, in rural, which that I don't know how that gets done because you stick out like a sore thumb. Um, I, I remember we were asked to do surveillance um, outside of New York uh, for a company in a Hasidic community. You know, so like they wanted our guys to like go and survey this guy that had a, had a truck. He was not supposed to be bringing a truck out there and whatever. And I'm like, this is literally like out in the country and I, it, none of my guys look Jewish, so I don't know yeah. how we're going to pull this one off. And it was uh, it was definitely a challenge for sure. Rural ones are always difficult. Um, you know, I, I usually tell the client uh, we'd like to start with two investigators so we can kind of cover exits if we can, you know, to the best of our ability and, and see when they leave. You know, if, if they're not leaving, then you have to move in a little closer and see what's going on. But uh, you're right. You stick out like a sore thumb. And, you know, quite truthfully, I've always thought about where you're from, New York City. How in the world do surveillance investigators do any surveillance in downtown New York? Yeah, it. it I mean, you have to do two. It's got to be a team, um, and you got to have somebody on foot and somebody in a car, uh, because you just never know when someone's gonna, you know, up on a bus, go down in a subway. You know, it, it, it's there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of oopsies. Yeah, we got to grab them again. I I remember I had one. I've told the story before, but. Uh, typically don't do surveillance on the plaintiff side, but this one was a, a plaintiff job where we had a, a, a Chinese food delivery guy 
who uh, ran over a, a model and like shattered her bones in her face and she could never be a model again. And they were looking for insurance coverage. They knew who the guy was, but they didn't know who he worked for. So we were supposed to pick him up at home and then follow him to work and finally, uh, you know, find where he's, uh, where he's working. Right. So we, we pick him up at home and positively identified teams following him. And then he goes over a bridge, but he's got one of these motorized uh, scooter things, right? An electric bike or whatever. And he goes into the bike lane from the regular car lane. And my guys are in cars, right? So whoops, we lost him, right? Yep. So uh, next day, or next time we're out there surveilling, same thing, guys going over the bridge again. But this time we had a guy on a bike on the other side. <laughs> so sure enough, our guy got and went in the lane. We picked him up and followed him to the Chinese uh, food store. And uh, amazingly enough, the the uh, restaurant had a million dollar policy, my ability policy. So um, my client was ecstatic because they thought like it was just going to be a 25K case and nothing further. And we were able to actually get the full value of the case. So, um, yeah, that, that's one of my uh, one of my victory stories on surveillance. Again, we don't do too much of them, but uh, it was a funny story and it kind of worked out. So, yeah, a lot of those you have to put in a day to kind of see what's going to happen. And then when the unusual happens, adjust like you did. Um, I, I remember having one up at. Uh, uh, University of Colorado, the, per- the person lived in an apartment near the university. And sure enough, they got jumped on a bicycle and rode on to campus. Well, I can't drive and follow them there. So the next day I put a bike in my vehicle or attached to my vehicle. And as soon as they came out, I grabbed the bike and followed them that way. So nice. you, sometimes it takes a couple of days to find out uh, the best way to do it. Yeah. Throw on a book bag. You look like you're taking classes and stuff. Yeah. It, I was much younger then too, so yeah, I, I was blending sure. a little more. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so I, I know Colorado's. It's not a huge state, and I know it borders you know many different states. Uh, what do you do in cases with surveillance um, when your subject decides to uh, visit another state while you're um, underway of, of doing investigative work? Well, Wyoming is not licensed. Um, so the only place in Wyoming that is licensed is the city of Cheyenne. And we do have a Cheyenne license. We also have a Utah license if we go there. Mm-hmm. We don't have New Mexico. And I actually ran across that once where I was in a southern city in Colorado. And the people took off and were driving for a couple hours. And they hit the New Mexico border. At that point, you have to shut it down. Um, because if you get any evidence in New Mexico it's going to be tossed out uh, because you obtained it illegally. And I was thankful that I did because I actually had this person under surveillance for 20 straight days, went in and testified in a deposition. And the attorney in that deposition was the most difficult one I've ever come up against without a doubt, uh, hands down. And she was just trying to tear me a new one for this or that. or And, you know, I frustrated her because I had every answer for her. But, um, you know, had I gone into New Mexico, then she would have picked up on we're doing something illegal so my feeling is if you're not licensed in another state you if you see that coming like somebody's heading towards kansas make some phone calls real real quick to associates but the chance of them getting to the border that quick is probably slim to none yeah i i think what what really um sets the bar on that doing the pre-surveillance right understanding that it, it could be an option could be a problem and maybe trying to line it up beforehand um yeah we have that issue with new york and new jersey Right. Um, it, it, there's no uh, reciprocal agreements on that. And, and that's a whole nother show in itself. We, we've, we've covered that topic before. You know, what do you do on on situations like that? 
I always like to err on the side of caution, right? There's nothing worse than losing your credibility on the stand. Um, because those are minutes. I mean, those are, you know, it's, it's depositions it's there, it's memorialized. It's forever here. You did something you weren't supposed to do. And, and, uh, you know, if someone's trying to discredit you or something like that, it it, it could be an issue, you know, or is it something they're, they're going to enforce the law and you'll get fined? Not really. I don't really see as the state associations hammering down on that, but you brought up a good point, you know, that key evidence that, uh, you know, the smoking gun, you can't get it introduced. It's, garbage yeah. you, you may be able to get it introduced but a sharp attorney will say right away that was obtained illegally because you're not licensed there you know and then they'll have to throw it out yeah there's nothing worse than the jury should disregard right <laughs> Hearing yeah that is, is, absolutely is not, not good at all so we're going to take a quick break uh when we come back i want to focus in a little more on, on colorado you got a, an amazing award recently so i want to talk about that too uh you've also agreed to come back uh and serve on a board again, which uh, in Colorado, which is amazing. Um, and, and we'll talk about that too. So everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com. Scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time. And I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and and, uh, looking for information I think it's one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, Uh, This is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually, um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, 
nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. The Nally Midwinter Conference's live and registration is open. This year, the event will be January 31st through February 2nd at the Serata Beach Resort in St. Petersburg, Florida. Learn more at nallyonline.org. That's N-A-L-I online.org. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host today. Uh, I'm very happy to have a, a guest from Colorado, Ryan Johnston. Um, Ryan is with the Colorado Private Investigation Company. That's a perfect name, very descriptive of where you are and what kind of work you do. So welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matt. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, so a, a storied career, right? 40 years. Um and during that time, you, you've you've served the industry. You've uh, been a part of your state association. You you elevated yourself up to president, did your role, uh, got off the board, and then came back. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, and some people that you know, um, Dean Beers, I had met many many years ago, and at a an event, a training event, and he mentioned PPIAC, which is the association here in Colorado that I should join, and. I kind of dragged my heels on that for a while and then met Andrea Roscoe and she convinced me to come on and be a member. And um, unbeknownst to me, the the very first day I was a member, they sat me on a board and I had never been on a board in my life. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was because I was showing interest up at the state capitol on the licensing situation here in Colorado. And um, so they made me VP of legislation. And I got to be honest with you, Matt. I didn't know anything about politics at the time. I, I really was was oblivious to what goes on in politics, but I, I always want to help people. So, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd join the board and help where I could. Right. Yeah. No, it's definitely, you you have that feeling. I mean, that's similar for me, right? So I think I started in, I started my own business 2005. I think probably by like 2007 or 2009, I came on the board uh, of the New York State Association as a regional director. And uh, within one term, we do two-year terms. So within one term, I, I was now the secretary and kind of started my track all the way up. And and why? Because I was somebody who was interested in doing things. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've elevated myself up to uh, president. So from one president to another, uh, good day, sir. <laughs> well, and I'm guessing you get the same treatment at home. I try to get my better half to say, hey, Mr. President at home, and she won't do it. It was a joke. It was a joke with my kids. And yeah, for, for a while, it got, that joke got stale very quickly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm yeah, so the president of taking out the garbage. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I I joined that in 2011, joined the membership and, and the board. And then 2014 became president of the association and served a uh, two two-year terms and then said, I need a break from this for a while, if not permanently, you know, and let somebody else. I I, I am truly of the mindset you need to get young blood in there and, and new people to get new ideas. I, I don't want to just be the same old people all the time. Um, so, you know, I, I really want to see new people with new ideas. Yeah. So how does it work in Colorado with past presidents? Are they like on the board forever or, or no? No, um, you're just you're just a member after you're not on the board anymore. See, we have that in New York. Once you've served and you're on the board, you can actually come to any board meeting and you can vote. 
And it's challenging, man. When, when you, especially when you talk about like the fresh blood and, and all that, cause we, we've had people that, you know, they come in and they're assertive and, you know, and then you, you get these clicks of, of these quote unquote old timers that, you know, they want it done a certain way. They have an expectation a certain way. And you get to the point where, you know, do they just want to have a dinner party or do they actually want to do things? Right. Excuse me. So that was, that's one of the challenges that I have that I deal with. Right. Cause I got all these young people that are like, they're hungry, they're aggressive. They want to do things. But then you have that group that's just, ah, well, you know, we just want to make it a dinner thing. You know, we'll, we'll do it. Right. And in your association, you you guys actually do training and you do that. And which is so crazy because licenses are not required in Colorado. Yet you do all this awesome training and, and, and you have all these amazing events. So tell me a little bit about that stuff. Yeah, we, we do training every month. And plus we have uh, periodic uh, one or two day events throughout the year. One of the courses we give is city. Um, it's a, it's a beginner course for new members. And I'll tell you, my mindset is you can learn from anybody. I I'm one of the instructors at city. Uh, I do surveillance instruction on that. And I actually had somebody in there who's a new person that, you know, just started out in surveillance and I learned a new trick from him, you know, and, and I'm open to doing that. And that's, you know, we don't have the clicks that you're talking about in New York. Fortunately, I think our members are absolutely fantastic and we get input from them all the time. And, and you know, I really happy with the people we have there. Yeah. One of the things I, I like to do when I, I do any instruction teaching, you know, at a conference, I'm talking at a conference, you know, I understand who I'm talking to, right? I'm, I'm speaking to guys like Ryan Johnston, right? You're 40 years in the business. I'm not teaching you anything new, really, right? But what we're doing is I, I like to make it a point to have discussions, right? And just solicit opinions from people in the crowd, uh, old and new, right? Because you you do get those situations where, uh, you know, people see things, uh, or do things just a little bit differently. And maybe, you know, you didn't think about doing it that way. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're having an open discussion and people are actually taking things away from it. I, I enjoy teaching like that because, you know, there's so many great minds in the room, you know, who am I to think that I know everything about everything. Right. So it, I absolutely it, agree with you. And I, like I said, I, I'm willing to learn from anybody, you know, whether they just started out the business and they, like you said, have an idea, Hey, what if we do this? I, I'm not going to shoot it down because of, you know, they don't have much experience. I'm going to listen to them and, and open up to that and say, if that's a good idea, we're going to implement it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in, even in my own personal career journey, you know, as I become less of an investigator and more of a, as a business owner, I start losing those hard skills. So yeah, I can, I can open a discussion. I can talk about all that stuff, but honestly, like the people that work for me are probably better to talk about the subject matter than I am. You know, I got that 35,000 foot view. They're in the trenches doing, doing that stuff. Um, and you know, people like that are the ones that are actually in the audience too, on these things that are, that are talking to you about, um, about the subject that you're talking about. Like they, they can definitely have some good input on that. So, um, it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's a good, I found it to be very, very good. And, you know, I, I have been invited probably four times out to Colorado for your, your conferences in the yearly and darn it. Every year I have a conflict, <laughs> some, some booking that I've already been booked for. I've been asked to speak twice and then had to turn it down. And, and it's like, you see the venues too. Oh yeah. We're going to, you know, this place or that place in Colorado. And if you've ever been to Colorado before, it's just a beautiful state. 
And uh, it's a bummer I haven't been able to make it, but I'm I'm going to be there one day. I promise. Well, you might have to do it this year since I'm president. I'll make you do it. Okay. There you go. Well, it depends on the <laughs> I, tell, I, I tell you, we we had a conference one time up in Breckenridge, which is up at a ski area, and it was I don't know about nine thousand feet is the elevation. The one thing we didn't take into consideration was people coming from all over the country that aren't used to elevation. Those of us that live here, that's not a big jump. Right. Uh, there was a couple people that weren't feeling very well there. Yeah. Trying to kill the competition, literally. That's fantastic. <laughs> How you guys roll. Literally. <laughs> um, so let, let's let's come back to the issue on licensing. Um, and and you know, we've covered this before in this program uh about the fact that Colorado lost its its license. So you used to be able to get a, a private investigator's license, and then all of a sudden Dora, and which we'll talk further about in a sec said, mm, no more licenses for everybody. You know, it's, we're going to be an unlicensed state. And then the quote unquote wild west happened. Uh, so I think it's, it's almost two years now. Is it two years? Yeah. I yeah. think it's 2020 is when it happened, maybe three years. Oh, three years now. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about this again. So what's been going on in the past three years? How have you you've well, seen this work out? Well, quite truthfully, our, our association was formed in 1977 when um, they killed licensing in Colorado the first time uh, because they had no definition of a private investigator in the law. Mm-hmm. And since then, Ray Peasel, Gene Johnson, and, and one other formed this association. And, and one of their goals was to meet other private investigators in the state, but also to restore licensing. And it took a long time for us to be able to do that. Uh, 2014, we finally got the bill passed. And 2015, it went into effect. Mm-hmm. And there was licensing from then till 2020. And in Colorado, they have what is a called a sunset uh, time where they sunset a bill and say, okay, should we continue this or should we not? Obviously we were completely behind continuing the program and we did, we had 75% support in the Senate, 75% support on the house side. Um, It went to the governor's desk and he vetoed it. And he claims there was a barrier to entry. And quite truthfully, there was very minimal barrier to entry. You had to take a, jurisprudence exam on the laws that were going to be involved in getting a license, which was an open book. You had to go through a background check. And at the time, our renewal fees were $16. So minimal barrier to entry. We knew Dora that was overseeing the program didn't like the program. So we think there was something there between the governor and Dora that, uh, you know, they're going to target our program. And it was killed. So you're right. We're back to the wild, wild west. And the advantage we had with licensing here, as other states do, is, you know, the general public can vet a a person and say, yes, they're a legitimate private investigator because I see their license here in Dora. And they can also file a complaint if they need to. And now you can't do that. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. There's no penalties, you know, like um, anybody literally can can say they they want to do this. Right. You can wake up. Some guy could uh, go sit in a bar, uh, meet some guy who's a private investigator and say, hey, I'd like to do this and then just go and do it without any um, repercussions. Right. Without any training, without any uh, oversight. I think that's that's a, a big thing. Right. There's no enforcement right. um, of, of things. And um you know, it's interesting because I, I remember having this conversation with with Andrea um, Orozco about this, and you know, she brought up some some interesting points uh, about, you know, even though we're we're not required to have licenses anymore, we're going to continue the training. We're going to continue to have the state association because essentially what that's doing is that that's giving credibility to the investigator. So, like, if they have to go up and testify. 
Um, okay, so you're a private investigator. Isn't it true there's no licensing in the state? Yes, there's no license state. However, I choose to be a part of this state association, and we have continuing education, we have networking, we have a, a higher standard, um, we have a code of ethics, we have all this other stuff, right? So it gives you the opportunity to talk about all this stuff that kind of diffuses that argument, like, hey, you know, you don't know what you're doing. It's like, on the contrary, actually, I do. Or you cover, you carry licenses in other states. Yes, I'm not licensed in Colorado, not required, but, you know, um, you know, New Mexico is, uh, you know, we, we, we're licensed there, right? So that kind of stuff, I see that done too, right? Absolutely. And, and we encourage, you know, if, if one of our members has to get up on the stand and testify, I encourage them to say that they're a member of an association that first and foremost does a background check on them before they can become a member, right. you know? And then, like you said, all of the training. And we also encourage members, like you said, to possibly think about getting a license in another state. Yeah. My company has a license up in Wyoming in the one city that requires it, which is Cheyenne. And then we also have a Utah license. Um, you know, so we can say we're licensed investigators. We're not licensed through Colorado. And that was the other argument you, we made after the fact to the governor is you don't want the dollars going to Colorado. You want the, our dollars going to Utah. You know, I, I, I don't even understand why that was an issue. I'm sure there's, there's a very long political uh, lobbyist uh, answer to that question <laughs> or, yeah. or some sort of deal. Uh, we'll never know, but um, Hey, nothing's permanent. And you know, somebody's in an office until they're not in office. This is why there's term limits. And uh, you know, it's not King George saying never again. So yeah. And, and quite truthfully, our legislative committee um, with our association is still meeting with representatives as as soon as a couple of weeks ago, we met with one and a month ago, we met with another just to say, you know, these are concerns right now is mm -hmm. privacy issues and, and that type of thing, you know, that yeah. you may limit our access, say, for instance, a DMV or something like that. Yeah. These are really concerning to us. And this, these are the reasons that we need to keep that open. But long term, you know, we're going to be considering licensing again, and we're continuing to meet with uh, our state representatives all, all the time. Yeah. One of the things that always amazed me is, is the quality of investigator that comes out of Colorado. Just for some reason, like you look back at the like the who's who in the industry, you know, it's Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. You know, you're looking at the Orozco's, you're looking at the beers, you know, Karen and and Dean, like they lead the way in, uh, you know, this is uh, a death investigations, right? The forensic, uh, they have a whole school and doing it. Google them too, please, folks, if you don't know who they are. They got a lot of really uh, good uh, products out there. I think is is Ellis also Ellis Armstead. I think he's from Colorado. Yep. Yeah, it's like then heavy hitters, and then you got some Johnston guy, some hacks who's just been around for like forty years. So <laughs> that nobody knows about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean Dean says it all the time. He says it's the little association with the big impact, and <laughs> I have to agree with that. That we we try to you know do as much as we can with who we have. Yeah, it's just good people. Um, you know, and, and people. They always ask me about, hey, should I go to this event? You know, oh man, there's not going to be a lot of people there. I'm like, maybe there won't be a lot of people there, but the people that will be there are people you're going to want to associate with, you're going to learn from, you know, and you're, you'll walk away a better investigator. Learning something and context, you know, that's the whole reason why you go to these conferences, right? You don't, absolutely. If, if you got 400 people in the room, but, you know, 375 of them are kind of a waste of time for you, what's the point? You know, if you've got 50 or 60 people in a room, 
but these are people that are going to help you get better at what you do. Um, and, you know, if you, you go to a very beautiful state and you get to hang out and apparently, um, you know, you don't have enough oxygen, you can pass out as well. Well, and it's like I've seen you uh, discuss on your previous shows. Um, you, you connect with people that can help you on investigations or you can refer investigations to Dean Beers. That's a death investigator. I've referred cases to him all the time. You know, that we get a call for something. That's not my specialty. I, yeah. I'm a surveillance investigator. I've been a surveillance investigator for 40 years. I will stay in my lane with that. And I will refer any other type of investigation to members in our association that specialize in that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's always better to know the person than be the person. You know, that's, you know, I've said that many times. That's a Jim Nanos uh, quote there, another surveillance guy. Um, yep. But um, that's how you succeed in this business. We can't do everything. Every phone call you get, you're not going to be able to do everything they want you to do. But, you know, if you can put it in the right hands of the right person, everybody wins. You know, it's uh, very true. And then they'll always remember that we've, we've had, reviews on Google that said, thank you for the great referral, you know, and that's, that's what it's about is knowing the people that can uh, take the client and, and make their case to what they need. You got to tell Dean to stop putting those reviews up there. It's got to be legit. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It's <laughs> uh, all, all good stuff. Um, hey man, I, I think we're going to wind down here. Uh, this was great. Uh, definitely a long time coming. And again, congratulations on the, was it lifetime membership award uh, for the Colorado? Lifetime membership award. Thank yeah. you, Matt. Yeah. Congratulations. congratulations to you on being president in, in a very large state. It's a big state. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, it's a huge honor, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, and anytime you 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 make that sacrifice, all, all joking aside, and you, you've decided to do it twice, actually, people don't realize the commitment um, that it takes to be on a board. And and um, if, if your intentions are to actually serve, um, there's work to be put in. And you're really only as good as the people around you as well. So it's important to have a board that supports you um, and, and helps, um, you know, basically try and get things done. And uh, there are a lot of really, really good people in Colorado. So, uh, you deciding to come back on and do another round, like, I'm not completely surprised by that because you, you got really good support staff there. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things I've, I've told our incoming board is I'm really looking forward to this, that because of the people that I know that are on the, going to be on the board, just amazing people and they're hard workers. That's the biggest thing. They're hard workers. Too many times you see a board that, you know, there's just a couple people that'll do the things. We're, we're coming into a board where everybody has been in that position. So everybody will collaborate to do hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's even there. And even, you know, your, your predecessor was another guy, John Morris, another guy who, who just, you know, committed to the industry and just getting content out there and, uh, you know, and I think he was like mayor of a town or something in addition to yeah. doing whatever he had to do, um, which is great and bizarre and and uh, and very weird. But, you know, sometimes our uh, our body betrays us. And, and that was the situation for him. Right. He had a yes. He had a step down and uh, another just solid, solid guy from of all places, Colorado. <laughs> so. Absolutely. He's, he's the PI guy. And, and I, I told the board, I said, he was always my answer man when he, when I was president before and, and he was treasurer, he was always my answer man. I'd turn to him and say, what do you think about this or that? And John is just a great guy. Yeah. Good, good people. Good people. Um, so Ryan, if folks want to get a hold of you, how, uh, how do they find you? Uh, DenverCPI.com is 
our website. It's as in Denver, Colorado Private Investigations. So denverCPI.com. Um, they can email us and this will tell you how long I've been around. We have an AOL email address, oh, Colorado PI at AOL.com. I'm not judging you, man. I still, I still have my AOL address. I can't shut it down. It's, it's, it's a problem. I should, I don't really use it anymore. Everything just forwards over to, to other stuff, but it's like, people know me. It's, it's satellite mad, right? Yep. It's, you know, the, the AOL address, like I still get, and I constantly, like every time I get one, I, I, I got to send that email back. Please start using this email address. Not that one. You know, I can, I keep telling, I'm going to shut it down, but and I, I never do. I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> and they're charging like 17 bucks a month now too for it, which is bizarre, but whatever. That's uh, where people know us, right? For years and years. So <laughs> still afraid to shut it down. I know it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So, all right. We didn't, we digressing here. Um, Ryan, thank you again so much. Congratulations. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time on the next show. Take care. Thanks to Ryan for jumping on and discussing his amazing career. Also, congrats on receiving the Lifetime Membership Award from the Colorado Associations for your commitment to excellence. We also want to thank Campbell Insurance Group for sponsoring the show. Remember to tell them you listen to save $50 when you apply for insurance. Additional thanks to Scope Now, Pacific Liability Research, Satellite Investigations, and PI Institute for Education for sponsoring our podcast. And don't forget about InvestigatorsToolbox.com. You can type in version 2.0, 25% to save $50 when you join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. We'll be back next week with a new one, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.